It's New Comics Day, Wednesday, April 26th, 2017, and you're listening to God and Comics, the show that is always free and always gives you exactly what you paid for it. On today's show, we preview Free Comics Day. (laughs) We'll tell you what to expect at this annual event, how you can find a participating store, and which free books should be at the top of your list to pick up. We'll also have, as always, our recommendation, this or that, and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Father Jonathan Michikin. I am rector of Church of the Holy Comforter in Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania. On the line with me today is Father Kyle Tomlin. Father Kyle, where are you? I'm at Church of the Messiah in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And also on the line today is Father Matt Stromberg. Father Matt, where are you? I'm from St. George's Episcopal Church in Schenectady, New York. Okay, wonderful to to see you guys. We're going to go right into our recommendation, and uh, Father Kyle, take it away. My recommendation today is a six-issue miniseries that came out in 2004 by Darwin Cook and Dave Stewart that's called DC The New Frontier. This is an excellent, excellent story. You can find it in trade paperback form, and I believe there's a hardcover version available as well. Uh, It basically tells the story of the DC universe from the Golden Age into the Silver Age. So it covers the years uh, roughly the late 1940s into the early 1960s. And it attempts to synthesize some of the uh, various elements that were around in DC Comics during that time but had no real crossover to them. So it pulls in groups like the original Suicide Squad and Argent and the Blackhawks and Sergeant Rock, along with some of the uh, well-known DC characters like the Justice Society of America and um, Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman and so on and so forth. But the whole story is a story about the fall of the original Golden Age heroes due to something akin to the Superhero Registration Act. Sorry, Marvel. DC had it first. In which the Justice Society of America is forced to disband or register and reveal their identities. And in the wake of that, the heroes disappear, and we go into a period of time that's largely dominated by non-hero governmental type of agencies that deal with the invasion of Martians and all of the dark things that happen in the universe. Uh, Superman and Wonder Woman become agents of the government for a while, and Batman remains Batman, uh, always staying one step ahead of the law. But the story as it progresses deals with a creature, a force called the center that becomes problematic for the whole universe and accompanied with the rise of the center as an enemy that has to be dealt with, we have the rise of the Silver Age DC heroes. So we we see the birth of Hal Jordan's Green Lantern and Barry Allen's The Flash. We see um, the change from the kind of dark 1930s, 40s Batman into the Batman of the 60s along with Robin the Boy Wonder's introduction and the introduction of John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. And it all kind of culminates with the arrival of the Justice League of America. It's truly an excellent story, and Darwin Cook's art is very animation-ish, I would probably say. 
it reminds me a lot of the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons and the look those cartoons had. I thoroughly enjoy his artwork, and I believe he recently died, but um, yes, yeah. he had provided some of the covers recently for the Golden Age omnibuses that DC is putting out. Uh, so great, great stuff. I would strongly encourage you to go out and read it, especially if you're interested in getting a little bit more of a feel of the Golden and Silver Age DC heroes. Boy, I can't uh, underline and agree with you more than I do right now, Father Kyle. That is such a great pick. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm wondering if we haven't recommended it before. Maybe we did. Uh, well, I, I, um, was, I was contemplating recommending it. <laughs> uh, I think maybe it's I was excellent. too. Um, yeah, it is, I beat you to it. Yeah, you did. But it, it really is one of the best series. You know, it's a love letter to comics, but it doesn't just feel like nothing but nostalgia it really feels like you're walking into both the world of comics in each of those eras and the world itself in each of those yeah. eras it's really great it, that, that book made me fall in love with, with martian manhunter yeah you know more than anything else like just the sort of origin that he does with him and then there's that great scene in that book where he's sitting there watching television trying to understand humans and in each pain he turns into whatever he was watching so there's like one panel where he becomes bugs bunny for a moment you know (laughs) it's like oh i guess that's what you can do if warner brothers owns the company you're doing the book for Uh, (laughs) it was really the martian manhunter story that i think we we needed like you know, Martian right. Manhunter was a, a is a great character. Just has a lot of potential, and this this I I'd love to see more of that. It's sort of a sub recommendation. Can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> the Martian Manhunter uh, series, American Secrets. I think it was called American Secrets. Have any of you checked that out? It's not as good. Like I, in fact, I bought it wanting more of like the New Frontier. What one thing it does have in common is being kind of like a picture of like the error, you know, like a, a tale about the 20th century, the 50s, and everything like that. I think Darwin Cook takes what was good about that classic Martian Manhunter story and kind of brings it to another level. The other thing he does a really great job of in this whole new frontier is, is um, and you alluded to it, Father Jonathan, he brings in the elements from the time. So there's the fear of nuclear war, there's the race issues, and he plays all of that into the superhero story. Paul Levitz, who does the introduction to the trade paperback, makes mention of the fact that there's a number of issues of the day that Darwin Cook manages to bring into this story that the writers at DC in the 50s and 60s wanted to deal with, but were prohibited from dealing with. So this is kind of an attempt to bring that stuff in based on the limitations that those people had. Well, we're going to move into our main discussion now. And our main discussion today is about Free Comic Book Day which is a wonderful annual event that is coming up. This year's free comic book day will be on May the 6th, Saturday, May the 6th. It's always the first Saturday in May. And Father Kyle, why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about this, especially if they've never heard of it before. What is free comic book day and where did it come from? A free comic book day is an event that's been going on since 2002. It was actually 
uh, started or the idea was germinated in uh, 2001 by a guy named Joe Field, who was the retailer for Flying Colors Comics in Concord, California. He had the idea of uh, trying to reach out to the non-comic reading public with the enticement of free comic books. And first, it coincided with the release of the original Spider-Man movie, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. So I think it came out, uh, I think the first free comic book day was the day after the Spider-Man movie was released. And um, pretty much every year since then, free comic book day has coincided with the release of a Marvel movie. I think there may have been one or two years where it didn't happen, but um, this year it's certainly happening around Guardians of the Galaxy 2. The idea is pretty simple. Provide people with free comic books, get them in the door, get them interested in uh, exploring comics so that they can begin to dig into the back issue bins and start to learn more about histories of characters that they might be intrigued by. And this is supposed to provide a low bar of entry for that, right? Because a lot of people find it difficult to connect into comics if they haven't been comics readers, you know, jumping into ongoing storylines uh, and so forth, and and often find comic book shops to be sort of daunting places. And so part of the idea here is we have an event every year that's meant in large part for new readers. I mean, you know, longtime readers come out as well, uh, but this is meant for, you know, if you've been thinking to yourself, uh, gosh, I've thought about getting into comics, but I, I don't really sort of have an avenue in this is an event that's great for you. And uh, this is probably my, I don't know, fifth or sixth uh, run through a free comic book day. And it was definitely instrumental in helping me uh, jump back in after a very long absence from, from reading comics. It's an event that you could do with your family. But one of the more memorable times I've been is I went with a, a friend of mine, Paul, and his son from, from church. And I, I was really impressed by the way it became like a whole like kind of family event. Dad got something, the kids got something, and then we all went to, and, and you know mom got something, <laughs> and then we all went to see the Avengers afterwards, and it was it was a lot of fun. It's a great event for getting out there on a beautiful spring day. Hopefully, the weather will be nice, and doing something with the family. What might people expect? to see and experience when they go to Free Comic Book Day? Well, I think every store is somewhat different in terms of, of the specials that they offer on that day. But generally speaking, there's going to be a rack when you go in that's filled with free comic books or some sort of setup that's filled with free comic books. It seems like year by year, the selection of free comics keeps growing. I remember back in 2002 when it first came out, it seemed like there were only a handful of comics that, that they were giving away. But, you know, different companies are, are adding to that list every year. But generally, there'll be a rack or a setup that will have the free comic books of the day. And then more often than not, your comic shop's going to have some sorts of special deals available as well. I know the first year that they did this at a comic shop in New Jersey that I used to go to, they set up a whole bunch of dollar boxes out front so that you yeah. could pick up back issues for a small amount of money. Yeah, and it's it's probably uh, good to underline that free comic book day doesn't mean that every comic book in the store is free. Uh, yeah. th there are particular ones that are put out by each company that are free. 
um, as as you were saying, Father Kyle. Uh, but you're right. Uh, they often have deals, or at least let's put it this way. The smart comic shops will have some kind of deals going on at the same time. You know, a certain percentage off on uh, trade paperbacks or on back issues or on all kinds of stuff. The other thing that I've often noticed is they tend to they tend to staff up. They'll have more people at a lot of locations, particularly if, if it's somewhere, you know, large and urban where there are a number of people coming through. It's a good opportunity to ask some questions. So if, you know, if you go in and you're thinking, I don't really know where to start, there should be somebody there who you can say, hey, listen, you know, okay, I'm going to grab some of these free comics. I'd like to start reading comics. I'm really not sure what, what I want to read. And they may say to you, okay, well, is there a particular character that you enjoy? Is there another genre from movies or TV or whatever that you enjoy? And they can kind of help point you in the right direction. You can do this a number of different ways. In, in where I live, there are many comic shops. That's not true everywhere, as Father Matt can attest. Um, <laughs> that's not true everywhere. But where I am, there are many of them, and I actually tend to do a circuit. I usually hit four or five of them on Free Comic Day, not just to get a lot of free comics, but to have the opportunity to see what's going on there. Some of the stores I go to will have big events that they do with it. They'll have raffles and giveaways yeah. and coffee. And people sometimes show up to these things in cosplay, which is always sort of interesting. Please, please, if you go out to do this, drop a little coin in these stores when you go in. Uh, you don't have to, obviously. You could just go get the free books and, and be on your way. But... You know, these stores are basically indie stores at this point. They kind of need the support, and it's just, it's good form to <laughs> to uh, to sp pick something up, even if it's only a couple of bucks that you spend, uh, along with whatever free things you get. Yeah, be prepared also for crowds. Depending on where you live and depending on what the store is, if you're looking to hit up the big urban comic book shop, it's probably going to be pretty crowded. And sometimes the free comics go pretty quick. If there's a particular book that you're looking to pick up, be prepared to you know, ha have, have a few other picks as well. <laughs> well, Father Matt, that brings up an interesting question. Um, we're going to talk in a, in a couple of minutes here about uh, some of the books we think people should pick up. But if somebody wanted to know what are the free comic books going to be this year, how would they find that out? Well, there, there's a website. Uh, called freecomicbookday.com and you could click on that website and they got news all about the event and, and when it is and this year it's on May 6, 2017 and you could you could also type in your zip code and find participating stores in your area but what's really cool is that the, they have a catalog of the comics that are available you can log on to that freecomicbookday.com and uh, take a look, and they'll give you a little description of what it's about and who the creators are. And uh, they also have a little preview you could download of one or two pages of the book just to get a peek inside. What I've found over the years is that the different companies kind of have different strategies for how they do this because, of course, they want – they want to hook you in. They want to get you to spend some money. And you've got multiple companies here. I mean, you've got Marvel and DC, obviously, and Image. 
But you also have a lot of small companies, some of which only maybe even produce one or two books. They really want to, to get you in. And so the different strategies seem to be give you a whole story with one set of characters or give you a whole bunch of incomplete <laughs> pieces of stories yeah. with a whole bunch of different characters in the hopes that you'll you know be attracted to one or, or more of them. Personally, I find the, the ones that give me a complete story I'm much more likely to pursue later uh, than the ones who give me three panels of you know yeah. something. So that's something to keep in mind. Most places aren't going to let you just flip through these and decide uh, because they've got a lot of people coming through and they kind of want you to move on through. So it's good to kind of check that out ahead of time. Okay, so we, the God and Comics crew, have gone ahead and looked at the previews for many of these books and have done the hard work using our expert opinions to decide... <laughs> Which ones look like they would be good to pick up? And so I'm dying to know, Father Kyle, let's start with you. Which books are you most excited to pick up and which books do you think other people should pick up? Well, personally speaking, the book that I'm most excited for is the Wonder Woman comic. Um, I, I usurped your, your uh, time to say that, Father Jonathan. But <laughs> I'm most looking forward to that. This is... Um, if I'm not mistaken, because I'm a little bit behind on Wonder Woman right now in the DC Rebirth time, I think this is kind of a reprinting of the Wonder Woman year one storyline that's been going on in alternate issues of Wonder Woman. It is one. It is the new, you know, Greg Rucka who wrote Wonder Woman years ago and was so wonderful at it and has come back and is, is writing the book now. Uh, it, it is him. And it's a great, I mean, you know, I, I have the issue, so I'm probably not going to pick up the free one. But I do think you're right. It's a great issue and a wonderful giveaway from, from DC. So if you don't have it, uh, definitely worth picking up. Yeah, and especially with the Wonder Woman movie coming out, you know, they've targeted uh, the audience for that to try and get people in with that. And I think it is a good jumping on place. If you're in the least bit interested in Wonder Woman, you can learn something about her backstory through this. Yes. So that's the one that I'm looking forward to a lot. Now, I know my daughter, who's five years old, is looking forward to a number of comics. And as I looked through the list, I was telling her which ones were coming out. And I think this year there's a pretty good selection for kids and especially for girls. There's yeah. a number of comics. My daughter really is enjoying the DC Superhero Girls series. We got the movie at Easter time and uh, have been watching that movie a number of times now and last year they did a dc superhero girls free comic book day comic book and she got that so there's a new issue of that that's coming out there's also a barbie comic my daughter loves barbie so she's excited about that there's some great other kind of classic stuff that kids could get into there's an underdog comic that's coming out and a simpsons comic bongo uh like a bongo which is the company that produces The Simpsons. So there's quite a, quite a few things, I think, out there for kids that are really good. Father Matt, how about you? I'm also excited, you know, looking through the list of comics about the number of, of comics that are out there for all ages. And likewise, my daughter 
Helen is excited about the superhero girls. I think that's going to be a very popular book this year. I think it's pretty cool in that it looks very centered on female characters, obviously superhero girls and and sort of building a female comic book fan base and and younger readers, uh, which is, is, is a great strategy. Very, very cool. And so I know it, my kids are, are excited about that book. And some of the other kind of young young readers' books, the, there's a Ninja Turtles book coming out that's sort of a, an introduction to uh, a series that's going to be coming out in the summer, Ninja Turtles Prelude to Dimension X. And that's listed as an all-ages book. I'm kind of excited about checking that out. The art looks pretty cool. I grew up reading the Ninja Turtles and, and watching the show. It's been a while since I've checked out what they've been doing recently. But I, I'm kind of interested in checking that out. And another all-ages book that looked fun was Time Shifters. It's not something I'm familiar with. But I was hooked at a robot Abraham Lincoln riding a dinosaur in the description. <laughs> so that might be fun. Another book that's sort of a blast from the past for me is they're releasing a Tick preview. Uh, and it's Happy Birthday, Tick. The Tick throws a birthday party and he uh, invites both heroes and villains and hilarity and, and uh, mayhem ensue, <laughs> according to the preview. It, it also coincides with the release of the Tick TV show on Amazon, which I checked out. I checked the pilot out on Amazon, and it was just bizarre. Um, yes, but it <laughs> it seemed like it might have some potential. The Tick, of course, is is a great comic book character, very funny. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to checking that out. The other one I I, I saw that really kind of intrigued me was a free comic book from Drawn and Quarterly this year with two different stories highlighted. And I I think this is probably an excerpt. One's called Hostage, and the other is called Poppies of Iraq. This seems like definitely more of an adult-oriented book. Drawn and Quarterly is definitely an adult-oriented magazine. Judge Dredd, 2000 AD, really caught my attention too. Uh, I, I recently got a whole stack of old Judge Dredd books, <laughs> and I have enjoyed reading those. So uh, I was I was excited to see a Judge Dredd offering this free comic book day. But it looks like a lot of really cool stuff out there. And they carefully render him to look like Sylvester Stallone, right? That's the no, no. no oh, okay. We're, we're trying to forget that that movie ever existed. <laughs> The greatest comic book movie ever made, Judge Dredd? Come on. Now, you know what's much better? They made a remake of Judge Dredd that was on Netflix. Oh. And that was pretty cool. It, it, it was much more, uh, it was much better than the Sylvester Stallone book. Well, it's... Much n- more Judge Dredd. Much, as I recall, much more violent, too. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a cool movie. One of these days we should do a whole episode on like the worst comic book movies ever made and just kind of yeah, compile and, a list and go through them, you know. Judge Dredd um, might be up there with Steel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Howard Howard the Duck. And Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. <laughs> Amazing. 
Amazing. Um, so uh, great recommendation with the tick, uh, Father Matt. I was hoping somebody would pick up on that, particularly because the tick is a perennial favorite now. They put out a book with the tick just about every year. Yeah. And actually, usually there is a page in the back that tells you that you write to a certain place and they'll send you for just the cost of postage all of the free comic book day issues of the tick that they've done oh wow, um, oh, wow. so i don't know if they're still doing that but the, but in years past it has been in there and it's it's always a, it's it's a very funny book i i find very funny book so i was also excited about a, a number of these books coming out like father kyle i think the wonder woman book is a is a, a great pick but i always think wonder woman is a great pick also, I noticed my last recommendation on this program was Betty and Veronica by Adam Hughes. And lo and behold, they're giving away a reprinting of the first issue of Betty and Veronica at uh, Free Comic Book Day. So I won't rehash everything I said about it. But you, if you pick up one book from this, it should be that book. It is so funny and so uh, well put together that you're really missing out if you're not reading that book. So definitely pick up Betty and Veronica. The ones that I'm most excited to pick up are, first of all, there's a, a Star Trek The Next Generation book called Star Trek The Next Generation The Broken Mirror. Now, if you're not a Star Trek person, I don't know that this book is going to be a good sort of entry point for you. Uh, but if you love Star Trek, this looks great. It is based on the Mirror Universe, which is something that was introduced in the original series. There was an episode of Star Trek The Original Series where, due to some sort of transporter malfunction, Captain Kirk and... I'm trying to remember who else it was. Lieutenant Uhura and Dr. McCoy, and there might have been somebody else in there. Accidentally, they beamed up to the ship, but somehow the, the beam got diverted and they ended up in a different universe in the multiverse where all of those characters still exist and the enterprise still exists but it's like evil instead of good right so like there was a spock in that world who was like evil spock and he had like a beard which is how you could tell he was evil spock you know and like in that world like the humans had become the sort of aggressors of the universe you know so they had to sort of figure out how to get back out of that world the Mirror Universe came up again. They did a whole couple of episodes about it in Star Trek Deep Space Nine that were pretty good. They revisited an episode of Star Trek Enterprise as well. But Star Trek The Next Generation never really explored this. So this comic is kind of, from what it looks like, is going to break new ground by exploring what those characters in the Mirror Universe uh, were like. So I'm excited about that. But it's definitely a, a high nerd alert for that one. So... <laughs> The other one that I'm excited to pick up is one that I really enjoy just about every year. They put a book out, and I almost always enjoy it, and that's the Doctor Who book. There are a number of Doctor Who comics, and those are great if you're a Doctor Who fan, but they can also be difficult to get into for the same reason that superhero books are difficult to get into. If you jump in at issue, you know... 37 or whatever it is it's hard to sort of get your head around it but the free comic book day offering at least in years past has been a collection of doctor who stories usually with different doctors so the whole deal with doctor who uh, from the television show going all the way back 
uh, to the late 60s, is that Doctor Who is basically this alien figure called the Doctor, and he's the last Time Lord, the last of his race. And one of the things that he can do is every so often... He, he he basically has a sort of phoenix-like thing where he dies and rises from the ashes, right? So he has all of a sudden a different body, and he takes on certain different style and characteristics. But it's still him. It's still the same guy. This has been the device that the show has used to be able to introduce new actors over time to play Doctor Who. So you have all these different doctors yeah. going all the way back. And, you know, some people really connect with one doctor more than another doctor in the series. Well, in the in the free comic book day comic, they take usually three or four. I think this year it's four of the doctors and they put four different stories together. One about each of these, you know, involving each of these doctors. And usually they're contained, self-contained stories. So you get three or maybe four little stories from the Doctor Who universe for free. Uh, and then the last one that I'm real excited about is Captain Canuck. Do you guys know Captain Canuck? I know of him, but I've not read anything. I, I think you mentioned him before on the program. Oh, yes. Captain Canuck. He is the great hero of our neighbor to the north, Canada. He was the first real big hero in Canadian comics, at least post-World War II Canadian comics. They started to first write about him in the 70s. And at that time, uh, he was this sort of secret agent for the Canadian government. So it was it was written in the 70s, but it was set in the far-off futuristic year of 1993. Uh, and in that futuristic 1993, Canada is the world's superpower. <laughs> so it's not they, a prophetic book. Yeah, they pretty accurately predicted that one, as we can tell. So he's this sort of secret agent figure who then uh, has an encounter with an alien and ends up with super strength and, and various other superpowers. And he has this great uniform that's sort of based off of the Canadian flag. And So there have been several different incarnations of Captain Canuck over the years, some of which have been silly, like purposely silly. Uh, some I was going to ask that. It, I'm, I'm looking at it, and either it's like... It's silly, or it's like a serious throwback to like the nineties. Well, it doesn't help that they've got that David Finch cover on the on the free comic book. But yeah, it's it it, it sometimes they play it silly, sometimes they play it straight up, and he's just you know he, I mean you know it's easy to sort of look at and kind of laugh and be like, well, that's a funny idea, except for what the fact, <laughs> yeah, except for the fact that we all love Captain America. Who is absolutely ridiculous totally if you different. if you think about it, you know. Um, so I, I think it's a great book. Shout out to uh, Father Patrick Bright if he's listening from uh, All Souls in Oklahoma City, because when I was out there, we went comic book shopping together, and he is Canadian and picked up a big uh, uh, compendium of Captain Canuck uh, on my recommendation while we were there. He, he probably still hasn't read it. But nevertheless, so that's exciting. And then there's there's another story in that book, too. But this is based, the, the Captain Canuck part of it is basically meant to be a preview for an, a new ongoing Captain Canuck series that's supposed to start in May. So it should be a lot of fun. So those are the books that we're excited to pick up. But there's at least 50 titles this year. So there are a lot more that you could pick up. You know, with all of these books 
coming out. Are there any books that you guys think people might want to avoid? Um, if not, I can name a couple. <laughs> you go ahead and name well, them. Well, you, you go ahead and, and, and name some of them. There um, are, I think there are some books, you know, as we've said, and Father Matt really underlined this for us, there are lots of great books for children, and there's a lot of great stuff for kids at, at Free Comic Book Day. But there are some things that are definitely not for kids. And that's fine. It's, you know, it's, you know, you can have different genres. It's fine to have different sorts of books. Uh, but the ones that I think parents should be aware of and others with, um, you know, discerning taste, there are a couple of books that, while they're not pornographic, they are cheesecake, right? They are basically uh, just books that are, you know, exist to sort of objectify female characters and they, they don't even necessarily have much of a story. That's just what they do. And so I would say, you know, a couple of those books are, are worth trying to avoid. This may be a little harsh to say this of this book. I think Lady Mechanica kind of falls into that category, even though there is more of a story there. I know some people would disagree with me about that. But having tried to tried and failed to make it through the first trade, which uh, which the Lady Mechanica book that comes out this year is from, I can't honestly see any reason for that book existing other than uh, to uh, to draw women with hourglass forms. The other one would be Grim Fairy Tales, and that's the Zenoscope. Basically, all Zenoscope does is here are scantily clad women in horror situations. So it's like, you know, they take fairy tale characters, Snow White, Alice in Wonderland, so on and so forth. They take half-naked women and they stick them in these situations where they end up covered in blood and you know various things by the end of it um it's 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 well, it, it's disheartening it's uh it's for <laughs> teens if the teens um don't have parents anywhere near them <laughs> yeah. let's put it that way i would say definitely worth you know, making sure if your kid is picking up some books that you know which books they're picking up. Because, you know, I mean, it's it's easy enough to look past the covers on some of these things because sometimes they have sort of scandalous-looking covers, but what's inside is not so bad, right? And so, you, you know, I could see somebody going, oh, Grimm's Fairy Tales. Well, you know, I like fairy tales. Let's... <laughs> yeah, or fairy tales are for kids. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And your children will have both nightmares and uh <laughs> questions for you that you might not yet be ready to answer if you uh if you get them that book i mean even some of the books like i, I know from experience judge dread might not i mean th that's a good book for you to pick up it might not be a good book for your kids to pick up 2000 mm -hmm. ad can sometimes be pretty adult i, I was actually surprised the the image uh I Hate Image book, um, which is sort of a funny look through a bunch of different image oh, characters. Yeah. I Well, I was actually, you know, surprised. I mean, I didn't expect it to be kid-friendly because it's it's based on a bunch of mature books. But, but I was surprised how kind of revolted I was by the preview of it. If you guys have looked at the preview of that I one, have, there's just like, like this, like these characters just bashing each other's skulls in in this like really horrific looking way but also cartoonish at the same time it kind of reminded me of itchy and scratchy from the simpsons you know 
where they uh, they you know burn each other's eyeballs out and stuff, and everybody like, oh, that's great, you know. Um, it's from it's from their book I Hate Fairyland, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which it, it always gets me every time we go into a comic shop. That's the comic my daughter wants to look at. Yeah, no. Um, and <laughs> it's like no, no. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope that many of you will go out and enjoy Free Comic Book Day, and if you do. Uh, feel free to tell us about it. Tell us some of the books that you enjoyed and, and uh, or even some of the books that you didn't enjoy. It's, it's a great event. I hope many people will participate in it. And, of course, it is. It's a big marketing event, and so we do need to acknowledge that. You know, it's, it's a big marketing ploy, and here we are basically participating in this big marketing ploy. But I think the reason why it exists is because... There are people who love comic books, like we love comic books, and who wanted to find a way to connect more people into reading comic books. And so, you know, I'm happy to be a, a corporate shill for this one event per year, if that's what it means. If it gets more people to connect with comic books, uh, then th- that's wonderful. Uh, and if you want to tell us about some of your uh, favorites that you're looking forward to, or maybe after the fact, you can tell us uh, what you thought of, of going to Free Comic Book Day. The way to do that would be through uh, another free thing known as social media. You can catch up with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash godandcomics, or you can follow us on Twitter. We are at godandcomics. But now we're going to move into our final segment. And that final segment is, of course, Roller Derby. No, I'm just kidding. It is, as always, This or That. This or that. This or that. Come on, everybody. Let's this or that. Huh? So I'm going to start with you, Father Kyle. And uh, the reason why I'm starting with Father Kyle, people may not realize this if they've only heard Father on the podcast... But uh, if there was one defining characteristic, physical characteristic for Father Kyle that people would note, it would be his epic beard. Um, <laughs> it, it, the beard's not too epic at the moment. It seems like it's a little, you know, trimmed a little close. Uh, but uh, the, he goes through phases where he he gets mistaken for um, uh, Orthodox rabbi or something walking down the street. Uh, his, right. his beard becomes quite epic. So... What I'm going to ask you is uh, to choose between two famous bearded television characters during a time when neither one of them was bearded. Okay. So your options are Commander William Riker from the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation when he had no beard, or Stephen Keaton... From the first season of Family Ties, the dad on Family Ties, during that first season when he had no beard. So Commander Riker, played by Jonathan Frakes during his first season, beardless. Or Stephen Keaton, played by Michael Gross, during his first season, also beardless. I'm going to go with Stephen Keaton. Actually, just watched Family Ties recently. I've been watching Family Ties again. And... uh, I, I noticed many similarities between me and Stephen Keaton. Is that so, right? <laughs> I don't know whether that's good or bad. <laughs> I always I, thought he was the best part of that show, frankly. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not going to ask you about 80s sitcoms yet, Father Matt. <laughs> yet. But I will ask you this, because it is God in comics. 
free comic books or free theology books? Oh, well, theology books tend to be much more expensive. It, it depends what comics and what theology books. What if it's like free, like omnibus comics? You know, oh, big well, thick uh, trades. Well, oh well, then that that's that's. I mean, those are harder to come by. I've often found free theology books from like you know pastors who are moving and they're getting rid of stuff, and you know they've they've ditched that book that to them's just eh, but to you is a gold mine right (laughs) (laughs) um but i have yet to ever obtain a free comic book omnibus from anyone (laughs) so yeah i'm gonna have to go with that then it's a tough choice i i i find that to be a tough choice too i love reading theology and reading comics in almost equal measure i find (laughs) for very different reasons um, yep. but uh, you, you do make a good point. And actually, now that I think about it, I find it hard to part with any books, uh, but I do find it easier to part with theology books than comic books, even terrible comic books. I keep, I bag and board and keep. So, um, yeah. what does that tell you? You know, uh, all right. Father Kyle, lunch or dinner? I'll say dinner. I'll say dinner because I eat the same lunch every day, and dinner's the one thing that changes every day. So I'm always uh, excited to find out what my wife is making for dinner. Well, now you know what the next question has to be. What's this lunch that you eat every day? I eat a salad and sardines every day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. If you all could see the face that Father Matt just made, you would... uh... You would feel like I feel right now, which is a little and then, queasy. And then you're like close with people in the confessional booth, and they're oh, like, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I have a toothbrush in my office. Oh, man. That Sardines, is a... really. Yes. I always thought there was something a little fishy about you. Oh. Uh, so. Yeah. They're very good for you. That's why. It's true. And then you can yeah. you can use the oil from the sardines to kind of slick up your beard afterwards. It becomes a nice <laughs> beard balm. Sometimes yeah. a little bit runs on there, you know. It is, <laughs> uh, just like uh, just like Psalm thirty three, right? That's Psalm right. That's right. I'm a but, dapper Dan man myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, Father Matt, spring or fall? Those are two very lovely seasons. I'm going to have to say spring, though, because fall is beautiful as it is. Also comes with a certain amount of sorrow because it's like, oh, summer's ending. You know, it's beautiful, but everything's dying and soon winter will be here. But spring, it's like, oh, after a long, dreary winter, there's flowers appear on the earth. The sound of the turtle dove is heard in our land. This is poetic. (laughs) This is this is scripture. This is the song of songs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 very and and you know and it comes with uh, you know very much feels like a resurrection, the coming of spring. So yeah, I'm gonna have to and, and and just the warm weather is just wonderful when it first that first warm weather you go out and the birds are singing it fills my soul with delight i'm gonna have to say spring i'm with jim gaffigan i think spring is a really nice day 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's been reduced it's so, down to so now. Great. So, speaking of which, Father Kyle, Jim Gaffigan or Louis C.K.? Jim Gaffigan. I, I love Jim Gaffigan. I absolutely love Jim Gaffigan. I think he's hilarious. Louis C.K. I like, but there's points where I, I don't know, he's just a little harsh for me. Yeah, that's what my my wife actually says the same thing as you. She, like, laughs at it while she's watching it and then feels terrible afterwards. Father Matt, a theological one for you. Hans Urs von Balthasar or Alexander Schmemann? Oh. I know, that's a, that would be a tough one for me. Oh, oh, it is a tough one. Wow, both, both great uh, theologians. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Schmemann though, mostly just because uh, the the book for the life of the world is so incredibly readable and just brilliant on every page. I, I think he's a bit more accessible for a wider audience. That's true, although it depends a little bit on which von Balthasar book you're you're looking at. Yeah. Um, I'm reading his book on prayer right now, and it's blowing my mind. Almost every page is is something that's just amazing to me. But they're both great. They're both great theologians, and I I also like the fact that both of them that have names that are fun to say. <laughs> I feel like that's important for a good theologian, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, von Balthasar. Man, he's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, and I, I mean, I think I really kind of track with him theologically. Me, me, um, yeah. Oh gosh, it's it's, <laughs> it's like Sophie's choice here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you read either of those guys, Father Kyle? I've read Schmemann. Yeah, I read For the Life of the World. Okay. That's a must read, by the way, for for anyone who's interested in the liturgy in particular and, and just having a deeper appreciation. It's a great, it's a great book. You know, I think Schmemann's best book though is a, a very, it's a thin volume um, called O Death, Where Is Thy Sting? Mm. That was done based off of a series of radio addresses he originally gave in Russian. Uh, yeah. But they're all on the topic of death. Uh, yeah. Which sounds dreary, but he actually addresses it in such a beautiful, simple, accessible way, uh, and talking about the Christian hope that takes us uh, away from the power of death uh, and uh, dilutes, and in fact, destroys the power of death. Uh, that it's really it's a great book. Sounds like so, good Easter reading. Yeah, it is. Oh well, and I just read Schmemann's Great Lent for Lent, so there we are. We should make a comic book where the two of them get together and fight crime. Be good. <laughs> okay. Um, Father Kyle, uh, equally theological question for you. Captain Canuck or Captain Britain? <laughs> well, I'll have to say Captain Britain just on the fact that I'm not overly familiar with Captain Canuck, but I know Captain Britain well enough from Marvel Comics, uh, team-ups with Spider-Man and so forth. You know, and because I'm I'm something of an Anglophile, I inherited that from my grandmother. Well, here's the interesting thing, and I actually thought about this as I was writing this down. So, Queen Elizabeth II is queen of both the United Kingdom and Canada. 
Mm-hmm. What would happen if Canada and the United Kingdom went to war with each other? Like, how wow. would that even work? I don't know. Maybe that's an impossibility. Would she have to actually fight herself? Would it be like, you know, like that scene in Superman 3 where Superman fights Clark Kent? Like, maybe she would, you know, British versus Canadian Elizabeth? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> be interesting. Boy, Captain Britain's got some awesome comic books. And I just read them recently. Uh, Alan, Alan Moore kind of cut his teeth on, on Captain Britain. And, um, I mean, those are great. I mean, especially as it goes on. But even the early Chris Claremont uh, Captain Britons. An underrated character, in my opinion. Hmm. Father Matt, your choice is to live off of a million dollars a day and then be dead after a year or live off of only a dollar a day for the next million years. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think I'd probably end up dying if I had to live off of a dollar a day anyway. Um, Well, a lot of the world does. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, that's just a good question. I mean, you couldn't live off of a dollar a day here. No. But a- a- am I am I allowed to mooch off of other people? You can you can beg for scraps of whatever you know. Yeah, it would be sort of like I could be like a Franciscan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that might be that might be kind of a spiritually more edifying than being glutted with wealth. Yeah, and you know, and I'd be earning a, a, a more eternal reward rather than endangering my soul with that kind of massive wealth. So yeah, I'm I, I'm going to say a dollar a day for a million years. And uh, you know, just think how much of the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe you'll get to see unfold over the course well, of a million mean, years with a dollar a day. Yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe I could like. Sneak into comic book shops and, like, read them, like, for free. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Father Kyle, this one's for you. There was a, a trending hashtag on Twitter this week that caught my attention. The, the hashtag was superhero snacks. And people were just coming up with different superhero snacks. And this, by the way, is why I believe Twitter exists, is for stuff like this. So I came up with a couple of them myself that I I tweeted out, and I want you to choose between two of them, okay? Okay. The first one is (laughs) X-Mentos, X-Mentos, or Hawkeye Candy, (laughs) X-Mentos or Hawkeye Candy. What's Hawkeye Candy? It's, uh, It's eye candy. That is uh, related to Hawkeye in some way. I don't uh, know. I didn't have to design a label or anything. I just... Okay. I get what you're playing with there. I'll go with uh, Hawkeye candy. Okay. That is uh, it's a good choice. It's a good choice. Although X-Mentos is the fresh maker, so... Yes, that is true. It and ma- maybe I need the fresh maker after my sardines and salad. That's true, yeah. That that would be you'd finish eating your sardines and salads, and you'd have to hold up some X Mentos, and then everybody would 
kind of shrug and smile and go, oh, well, you know. <laughs> uh, right. And then you would turn into a mutant and kill them. But that would that would only happen after I drink a Coca Cola with the X Mentos. Oh, okay. Um, well, begin you projectile know, projectile vomiting and uh, a, a a generic cola from some company that is not large and have the power to sue us is what you would drink. Oh, at that that's point. right. <laughs> I, I would drink Captain Cold Cola. There you go. All right, last one goes to you, Father Matt. Which of these 80s shows are you going to pick? <laughs> the Hogan Family or Jake and the Fat Man? Oh, well, Jake and the Fat Man. That was my mom's favorite show when I was a kid. It was your mom's favorite show? Really? It was like my mom would look forward to it very much. And I, and I, and I used to watch it with her when I was little. Jake and the Fat Man all the way. You know, Jake. The great thing about Jake and the Fat Man is it's its own this or that, Jake or the Fat Man. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that brings us to the end of this or that, and to the end of this week's program. You can find out more about the rad stuff that we talked about today. We always put links up. Uh, and re-listen to the show, if you like, on our website, godandcomics.com. Head on over there and, and, and see what's there. There's really a lot of good stuff there. You can also subscribe to the program through iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, if you wouldn't mind giving the show a rating and a review, that would be really wonderful. It helps other people to find the show. It only takes a second. Uh, so please, please go and do that. Uh, we would really appreciate it. We'll read out some of the reviews on the show in, in the future. And uh, we'll let you oil Father Kyle's beard <laughs> if you do it. So if that's not an incentive, I don't know what is. That's right. Our adventure. <laughs> What's, what was that? I said it's a funky adventure. It is a funky adventure. Our theme music, which you are hopefully banging your head to right this minute, is by Father Paul Wheatley, the only man ever to beat Chuck Norris in a wrestling match because he cheated and juiced with pure Texas charm. Until next time, I'm Father Jonathan Michikin. I'm Father Kyle Tomlin. I'm Father Matt Strummer. And we'll see ya. Kyle, uh, just to let you know, um, just be a little careful. Whenever you turn your head like this, it makes all sorts of funky sounds on your microphone because your mic comes right up against your beard. Okay. And we get, <laughs> <keep> my head <laughs> you know, on top of whatever you're saying. So, okay. Um, just to be aware. I kind of hear it in the mic, in the audio. Yeah. I'll keep my head straight. If you want to shave a small patch just right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay.